Hello and welcome to the More Than Wellness podcast. I'm your host, Mick Ryan, and I am a well-being facilitator and consultant. So in this podcast, my intention is to be of service to your well-being on a mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical level, and to do so by either interviewing guests who can provide some insights or lessons to facilitate that and to educate you about what they do and how that can help, or to provide some of my own guidance and insights about well-being. And I'll be doing that in a few weeks' time with a podcast about breathing and meditation to tie in with our upcoming guests. And I'll be including some short breathing and meditation exercises following the podcast that will be available to download or to listen to online. But back to today's episode. And not every guest is a yogi or spiritual healer or coming straight from the lunatic fringe like myself. I do like to interview guests who come from a more conventional medical perspective and can offer a little advice on how we can look after ourselves and improve our health from a nice, grounded perspective. Now, who says I'm not grounded? So, our next couple of guests are coming from a more conventional medical perspective, but certainly have a lot of insight and really great but simple advice on things that we can do to improve our overall well-being. And today's guest is my friend and colleague, Rachel Waddington, who is here to talk to us about an important area of health, which is often totally overlooked and taken for granted, and that is our feet. Rachel is the owner of Pocket Podiatry and works in the very next room to me at Northwestern Osteopathic Clinic in Avondale Heights. Rachel is an awesome podiatrist and patients at the clinic are always gushing in their praise of not only Rachel's professionalism and expertise, but also just her all-around awesomeness and sense of humour, which really goes a long way to make patients feel at ease when they go to see her. Now, as always, if you want to get in touch with myself or Rachel, you can stay tuned until the end of the show for our contact details, and please enjoy today's show. Thank you. So, welcome to the Modern Wellness Podcast, Rachel. Thank you so much for taking the time to travel all this way to be here today. You've come all the way from the next room. I have, I have, and North you're very West welcome. West. Cheers. <laughs> so, uh, why don't we start with a wee introduction, um, who you are and what you do. I'm Rachel. I'm Rachel Waddington, and I am a podiatrist. I'm a podiatrist of 18 years. Oh, well, very experienced. 18, yeah, that'd be 18 years. Um, and, yeah, I guess I do everything that a podiatrist does. Okay. Yeah. Do well, you know what a podiatrist does? Well, that's the question. <laughs> See, where I come from in Ireland, um, we have a lot of uh, chiropodists or chiropodists, whichever way you want to say it. Um, and that seems to be the, the primary foot care people in Ireland. Um, but podiatry is a bigger thing here. So... Let's start off with what, what is a podiatrist? What does a podiatrist do? All right. So you're not wrong thinking that they're kind of the chiropodists. That used to be the old name for them. And having worked in the UK, I know that they still do call them chiropodists. Yeah. But I think they're probably all trained as podiatrists. It's just one of those English things. They like to keep the old name yeah. um, for as long as they possibly can. Um, so... Uh, I guess podiatry started off being, as a chiropodist, you would you would do sort of general health foot health care, nails and corns and calluses, a little bit of what we call biomechanics these days, but sort of um, yeah, looking after people like shoe um, or footwear advice, um, 
But since about the 70s, I think it was the early 70s, there was a a sort of quite a big breakthrough um, with biomechanics. And and yeah, since then, I think podiatry has become more specialised. It's become much more um, science-based, evidence-based. And because it's a fairly young profession, I guess you could say, there's still a lot of research that's going on at the moment, particularly in the land of um, biomechanics. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of anything to do with the lower limb, really, lower limb and foot health. Okay. Yeah. So when you talk about the biomechanics, uh, what are you um, referencing? What is that in relation to and how does that apply to what you do? Excuse me, just drinking my afternoon I've got coffee. Drink your coffee. I've got to keep going. It's a long day. <laughs> it is a long day. Many toenails to cut. Um, so biomechanics, I guess, is the uh, general term we use for the the way that the body moves or the mechanics of the body. So um, a podiatrist will look at um, the structure as well as the function of your lower limb and your foot to work out why you're getting the problems that you're getting. So it could be anything from a sore knee to a lower back pain to why have I got this callus or this corn on my foot. So it's all, yeah, it's all, you kind of look at the foot. Instead of just looking at the outside, um, you, you have to take into account the whole function, the kinetics and the kinematics of the foot. Yeah. Okay. So oftentimes... I, I will see you here and you'll have somebody walk down the corridor and walk back up and you might yep. film them on the iPad or yep. you look at what they're doing or you might uh, give out to me for wearing shoes that are too old. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you've got new shoes I and how great are they? Yeah, I, see, I if I didn't give advice. a shit about that, you'd yeah. still be in your old crappy shoes. I would still be in my old crappy shoes, exactly. absolutely. So I listen to you. I do Thank actually you. listen to Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I listen so, to you too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so that's obviously a big part of what you do then is, is watching people's gait, seeing how they move and, and the motion and what sort of dysfunction might be contributing to the issues that they have. Now, some of those issues, though, as you said, it could be back pain. It could be knee pain. The things that people might not initially think of going to podiatrist about, you know, they might go to a massage therapist or a physio or an osteopath if they have back pain. But what is the role that that foot dysfunction would play in that? Because it's a weight-bearing structure mm-hmm. and a very complex triplanal movement structure. So you're talking about the body moving in three different planes. Um, and that Basically that. So because it is so complex, it is, and because you're walking on it, it's, um, it's basically transferring up through your whole body. So, yeah, yeah it, it could be your sore back is because you're not wearing the right shoes. Yeah. It could also be that your um, your back muscles are really tight, or your stomach's not very um, strong. Sure, your yeah. core's not yeah. very strong, or anything like that. But yeah, that, is that, that does that answer the question? It does. Yeah. One thing I often say to people is that you know, it's you think of it of a house. You know, you're building a house. If the foundations are out, well, then your roof is going to be out because everything that goes on top is going to be out. And I say, if you've got a problem with your ankle or your foot, eventually you're going to have a neck pain. Because it just it walks its all its way up. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. So that's um, that's what I that's an analogy I use to to with my patients as well. If you think about your foot being the um, the platform that the rest of your body stands on, 
the way that that moves and functions or dysfunctions severely affects, can severely affect the rest of the body. It could just be isolated to the lower limb or the lower part of the lower limb, or it could it could transfer all the way, way up. So, yeah. yeah. So one of the things you do then as a podiatrist, you recommend footwear, you might recommend orthotics. Um, what would be the, the kind of procedure for doing something like that? Procedure for me or a procedure for... A well, for you, when, when you're treating somebody in that way and somebody okay. comes in and, and, you know, there is some discomfort, maybe they have a sore Achilles or sore calves or shins, splints or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what, how do you assess and how do you decide then, okay, well, this is the, the running shoe for you or this is the orthotic you need? How do you decide between one or the other as well? Yeah, right. Okay. Well, I guess uh, when a patient comes to me with any kind of problem, it's working out where the problem came from. So there's a lot of... Uh, questions about someone's occupation, about their um, uh, what they do at home, uh, what they what kind of exercises they like to do, what they like to do socially, that sort of thing, and then also finding out in conjunction with that, what shoes do you wear when you're doing that particular activity? So, I find ninety percent of my work is giving people footwear advice. Most people don't wear the right kind of shoes for their foot mm-hmm. to, for, to start with, so they don't have shoes that fit their foot properly, and then they don't have shoes that um, are suited to the, the activity that they're doing. So they'll um, one one good example, I guess, you could use is someone who works in the city and they are um, commuting day to day. So they might have a they might park their car at the train station, walk five minutes to the train stand up in the train and then have sort of a 10-minute walk to um, to work. And then at lunchtime, they might go out, um, get some lunch. Maybe they like to do a little bit of walking around at lunchtime if it's a nice day. And then whatever else they do within their day-to-day uh, job. So it could be sitting down or it could be walking around an office. And then all that on the way back home. Mm-hmm. And they'll choose to wear, if it's a gentleman, they'll wear a fairly formal pair of shoes particularly if they're wearing a suit if they're working in the city they generally have have to wear quite neat attire so they'll wear like a very formal shoe it'll be flat it'll be it'll have very squashed toe shape um possibly a hard leather um just really not designed for a lot of standing or walking around and when you add up all of the time they might be getting eight thousand or ten thousand steps exactly in yeah and a pair of very formal footwear mm. and um extrapolate that over five days over you know 50 weeks of the yeah. year that they're doing it it's no surprise that they, that people over end 20 up years. With. yeah over 20 years yeah. exactly so it's not just the classic is thinking about women who go to work in their high-heeled shoes yeah. and you see them trot around the city and, um, you know, standing in the tram and whatnot. It's not just women who, who are in the high-heeled shoes, but it's also the dudes that are wearing their um, really lovely formal shoes, but sure. they're just not made for that kind of activity. So what would be the recommendation under those circumstances then? Would you recommend an orthotic or would you recommend a different kind of shoe? Always footwear first. Okay. So it is... Con- In my opinion, it's pointless putting someone um, in an orthotic if their footwear is poor. Sure, yeah. If 
um, you're wearing a formal shoe and you're trying to fit an orthotic in there, for starters, you probably won't, it won't go in there. Same with a high heel, you won't fit an orthotic in there. So you're looking at trying to um, uh, create an environment where the forces going through the foot are changed so that you're not putting the same kind of stresses on, on, on the muscles that are perhaps injured. So then, you know, if you're wearing this crappy shoe and you're putting something that's supposed to be changing how that shoe works, it's yeah. just they just almost cancel each other out. Okay. So footwear first. And I do find that probably a good portion of the people get better just on changing their footwear alone and being more aware of the shoes that they wear and the activities that they're doing and marrying those two things up. Okay. Yeah. So um, you're talking about wearing different shoes to work? Yeah. Um, or are you saying there's a particular shoe which does everything? It's an all-rounder. You can get those, but um, typically people don't like wearing those types of shoes because okay. they look a bit um, sensible, shall we say. <laughs> They're sensible not. Shoes, yeah. yeah, it kind of depends what your um, yeah your idea of fashion is. But mm. like everybody's a slave to fashion, even podiatrists are. So. Okay. You know, um, get yourself a snazzy pair of trainers, maybe, and wear them to right. work, and um, Is there any, just keep your formal shoes. Like brands that have nailed form and function. Um, there's a couple that have sort of come out. Um, I. Yes, the ones that I'm most familiar with, and this is by no means a um, uh, an entire list, but the ones that I'm most familiar with are brands like Beard. B-A-R-E-D, which was started by a podiatrist here in Melbourne. She started making women's shoes um, specifically for women who needed a nice pair of shoes to wear with corporate wear Mm -hmm. um, who also needed to wear orthotics. So that's specifically made for that particular type of person. But she's since broadened her um, scope and is now making men's shoes and, and has a men's shoe store and okay. you know so they're yeah. they're pretty good I mean if you're used to wearing a very small um, slim shoe even as a guy they'll still feel quite large and substantial and maybe a bit clumpy but they do you know they have to be stiff to start with to give you the support and then once you wear them in a little bit they're yeah they're brilliant Okay. You can wear them at lunchtime for your walks and things like that. It's all good. So that one, um, Frankie Four is another one, not quite as formal, but they do make um, some nicer shoes. Maybe slight, yeah, slightly less formal. Um, Ziera, which used to be the old Comfs brand, that's an old Kiwi Comfs brand. brand. Okay. Yeah. Right. So they changed their name to Ziera, I think, maybe to break away from. Comps because they were trying to do something very different. Sure. So they've they've got some um, okay looking shoes now. Yeah. Okay. Um, this sounds like yeah, they would be very functional. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah the Sierra sounds like like Zara. Like it's uh, yeah, like, yeah. It's an association there with style. Very much so. Yeah. yeah so comps were very com- comfy. Yeah. For for your nana. Yeah. 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 That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Grandma shoes. Yeah. Um. And ascent are ascent as in ascend a um, mountain or a ladder. Right, to ascend. ascend. <laughs> but with okay. a T on the end. With a T, okay. 
Um, they're, they're just sold at the athletes foot stores, uh, but they do like a, a men's and a woman's sort of, the women's shoes are, um, they're very plain. They're functional looking. Again. They're fu- again, yeah. but they're, they're, they're not supposed to be fashionable, but they're okay. fabulous shoes. Okay. Yeah. Right. They're really, really good shoes and they make school shoes as well. Right. So, so that they offer a lot of structural support these shoes that you're Support recommending yeah? yeah so my question then is the big thing that um, has become popular in the last um, 10 15 years or so maybe less is the barefoot uh, movement in terms of barefoot running and, and barefoot shoes and we've seen big brands like nike and stuff like that go with their kind of um, minimal minimalist shoes what is your take on that as a podiatrist is that a good thing is that a bad thing does it depend on the individual Totally. It always depends on the individual. Sure. Yeah. I, I think they certainly have a place. When it, when the barefoot running thing came out, I think it was a book called Born to Run. I don't oh, know if you've I read it. I love that book. Do you? Yeah, I read it several times. It's oh, really? Just, yeah, it's just so entertaining. I yeah, it, it is yeah. quite entertaining. He's yeah. a very good writer. Yeah. Um, I resisted reading that book for ages until a friend of mine was just like, bloody, bloody read it. Well, here's the thing. And I read that book, loved it, thought this is what I want to do. I want to go barefoot. I went out, got my Vibram five fingers. Good on you, yeah. Put them on, went down to the beach, had a run for about two kilometers, I reckon. And I was playing a lot of football at this time, so you know I could easily run for an hour, no problem. Um, after two kilometers, I had to slow down and pretty much start walking. And my calves were just burning for days afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Just, I could hardly walk for several days afterwards. Like, it yeah. pretty much took a week. I yeah. got such severe doms after that. And that's yeah. how long it took me to recover. And I thought, yeah, it's a good idea, but you got to start slowly and, and yeah. gradually build up because those muscles aren't developed exactly yeah. exactly so yeah it's um that's what happened with a lot of people i think with the whole barefoot running thing because they would read that book and get all like get oh excited. My God, that's an course. exciting book yeah. yeah and then there was this big change um and a big push against um podiatry and um particularly uh orthotics and and any kind of structure in a shoe and things like that you know where um, we're not born with shoes in our feet is often something that, that was said, I think it was probably about 20 years ago, actually. Was it the late 90s? Did he put that book out? Or the early 2000s? Anyway. I think it was I read it around ago. about 2005, 6, yeah. 7. They're around about that. Yeah, I think Yeah, I think it's probably been around for about 20 years. So for about 10 years, there was, yeah, there was so much like confusion going on what do you do do you like because it does make sense to a lot of people why would you put a big structured shoe on someone to try and stop them from being injured you know but um it's it's one of those things that yes you transition slowly into it has to be very slow and that's the same thing with if you're going from any kind of structured shoe to a slightly less structured shoe Mm -hmm. so when you look at athletes these days, they'll have a range of shoes that they train in. They'll do sprint work um, in lighter shoes. They'll do their quick work in, in something else. They'll do, you know, like or they'll have like 10 different shoes, sure. different types yeah. of shoes to do their, their training in. So they all have their place. Um, but if you wanted to go from a structured shoe to a minimal shoe, then yeah very slowly and carefully is my advice yeah and if you have any kind of injury you know be aware of why you're getting that injury and and treat it and um maybe it might turn out that at the end of the day that it's not really for you 
you know, yeah. minimal shoes might not be for you. Barefoot running might not be for you. Just like having a really structured or a really cushioned shoe might not be for you. It's it's you've got to try on so many different shoes to get the one that suits you. Yeah. Because all the big brands are doing like crazy things with their shoes these days. Yeah. Like the technology that's coming out in the shoes is just incredible. And so the, again, there's been the shift. So you had the bare, barefoot running thing. Yeah. Um, and then all of this research obviously had to start coming out about it because nobody had done any research on it. And so, you know, that's still going on to a certain degree, but now we've, we've gone back to, from, from, you know, the big fat, fat sort of stable shoes to barefoot. Now we're coming back to, to sort of a bit of stability, but it's more a neutral kind of cushioned almost mm-hmm. not always cushioned but a neutral sort of shoe that that has a bit of stability to it as well there's always going to be a place for those you know like the um uh, the brooks beast or something like that yeah, that's a it's yeah. a really solid shoe but you are i mean if you look at a 120 kilo guy who's going for a walk every day with his dog i mean you're not going to be able to get a minimal shoe on that guy he's just going to blow it out within half an hour yeah so you know there's a place for every every shoe yeah so yeah, that's okay. really funny. I'd like to see you in your Vip Room Five Fingers. Have you yeah, still got I still them? have my Vip Room Five Fingers. Do I you? love them. Yeah, I do. I you use wear them around the house for Tai Chi. They're perfect. Yeah, oh, I love course. doing Tai Chi and Qigong with my Vip Room Five Fingers. And the vacuuming. And the well, I actually have a pair <laughs> of um, Oaks Oaks slippers um, that I use for that. Oh, they're just as bloody bad. <laughs> yeah, in fact, yeah. they're probably worse for you. They probably are. Fingers. Yeah, but they're very comfortable. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure. But, I can yeah, keep your toes I mean, I can see already. I I. I Supinate so much in the Uggs already, and I only have them a short time. You what? Sorry, you're gonna to have to say that again. Sorry, I supinate. Oh, you so supinate. Yeah, ah, supinate. Yeah, supinate, supinate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can really see badly. the backs of them, yeah. like when you. And see everybody them. seems to in them, no matter who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just because there's no resistance at the yeah. top end. Yeah. like there's no. But well, these are just slippers. There's no. They're not boots, right? They're just right. just a slipper. Um, yeah, but yeah. they don't offer great structural support at all. Um, so yeah, that was the thing about, you know, the runners there is like if, for example, I've grown up in Ireland, you know, I didn't walk around barefoot as a kid, you know, where somebody who might've grown up in Queensland probably spent most of their time barefoot. So their transition to barefoot runners or barefoot shoes or running barefoot, that's not a problem because they spent their life barefoot. Sure. Whereas I've spent my life in shoes that were, you know, very comfortable and very warm and supportive Leather, no doubt yeah yeah absolutely yeah so my foot is not ready for that and it does take a long time and I, I didn't have the patience to go through with that process yeah I like the idea of it it made sense yeah but as you say you can't just go and do it you, you know it takes a long time to transition yeah. into that yes it does yeah so um do a lot of people come, in, come to you then in those circumstances where they're saying, well, you know, I'm running and I've got this pain. Um, what do I do about it? You make a recommendation for a type of shoe. No. No. Unless there's a specific um, sort of niche shoe that okay. would suit a specific injury. But generally speaking, the people that I see through my clinic anyway, mm-hmm. it's... it's um, it, it, Sort of across across all age spectrums, um, but mainly kind of middle to late age okay. and kids. So those people, look, they're not really going to need anything specific. Um, I 
generally suggest that they go to a good shoe store like the Athlete's Foot or the Running Company where they can try on a whole heap of different shoes. Yeah. Because it's really like, how does it feel on your foot? I can recommend one, but then it might not suit your foot shape. It might not suit you. So you've really got to kind of think, does this shoe feel comfortable on my foot? And your, your feet tell you. Yeah, so... Okay. So the people that you do see then, you talk about younger kids um, and their middle to late age. So what, what is it that you're doing for those people? You mentioned corns before, mm-hmm. um, ingrown toenails. Oh, yeah, yeah I love that's, them. Yeah. The passier, the better. <laughs> okay. Bring them in. <laughs> that's really sad. It's fine. <laughs> that, that's pretty much your, your day to day. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I guess the thing... Look, a lot of people will say to me, and I used to find this quite annoying when I first graduated, why on earth do you want to be a podiatrist? You know, the feet are gross. Um, you're just cutting toenails. Um, and you get, I, I guess when I first started as well, there was quite a lot of disrespect from the medical profession. We're glorified nail cutters, you know, and, and when we were able to start using um, doctor before our name, you know, there was a big, um, stink that was kicked up by the medical profession because you know we are just glorified nail cutters in the eyes. I think respect has come on a little bit further from there, but yeah, initially the the patients coming in, you know, why why on earth would you want to do this job? And you know, I I guess thinking about it, there's not really a job. What I quite like about it is someone coming in. They may have been in pain for two weeks, or it could have been two years. I've, I've got this, such a sore toe. What do I do about it? I've tried everything. You know, I've tried those corn plasters, whatever. Let's say it's a, sore, a corn on their, on their little toe. Um, and within three minutes, literally, you can get rid of it and they're pain-free. They can walk out instantly out of your room and they're pain-free. And the amount of relief that people get from something like that is, is priceless. Like That's what I like about my job. Instantly, you can yeah. help somebody. And I don't think there's a lot of professions that can say that they can do that for, for people. Um, so, yeah, these, although people sort of might think that the job is not great in that respect, that, that you're just looking at feet and basically cutting toenails, it's gross. Just think about like how you can affect someone's life. Yeah. It sounds ridiculous. But when you get feedback like that all the time, oh, my God, my feet have never felt so good. I can't believe, like, it doesn't hurt to walk. You yeah. Know, that is, that's incredible to be able to do for somebody. That is great in hindsight to know that. But exactly. the question is, what made you want <laughs> oh, to what made me? in the first place? How did you How did I get that? into yeah. it? I always liked health but never wanted to be a doctor or a nurse or anything. That didn't okay. really pique my interest. Um I, look, to be honest, I just kind of fell into it. It was suggested by the careers advisor at school. I honestly think it's because they were trying to recruit people for the school <laughs> in New Zealand because there was only one school of podiatry. I think there still is, actually. Okay. Only one school of podiatry in New Zealand, and it had, like, there might have been 22 of us when I started or 25, and there was, you know, 15 when I graduated. Right. 
So to keep the course going, maybe they were trying to get likely candidates. But I really enjoyed it. Like it's, it, it teaches you about hormones, about how nerves function, about brain function, about your GI, about yeah. what the liver does for your body. Um, so you learn about the general general medicine and then focus specifically on the anatomy and physiology of the lower limb as well. Okay. So, yeah, it, it was really interesting. I stuck with it and then I really enjoyed it when I left. Right. Yeah. So you wanted to do something in health, but you weren't yeah. sure what it was. And, and that was it. guidance person the, just prompted you in that direction. Just kicked me. Yeah. I think anything helping people, I think, is yeah. probably um, okay. would have suited me. So how long is the training and what does that involve? Obviously, there's a strong kind of general medical component to it and kind of biomedicine. Um, so what was the training that you did? Uh, so it's a four-year degree. Okay. And you do um, uh, your anatomy, physiology, microbiology. You learn about um, fungi and bacteria, obviously, because we're dealing with the feet. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you learn about those, how they infect the skin and that sort of thing. Um, and also specific podiatric medicine, so, you know, ingrown toenails and, and the biomechanical aspect and making orthotics and that sort of thing. Uh, so you do all of your theory and um, um, pharmacology as well. And so you do all of your theory and then also do, I think it was two, we did two, two four-hour clinics a week from halfway through first year. Oh, wow. That's yeah. pretty early. Yeah. I don't think they do that these days. Okay. I don't think they do quite that these days, but it's it's basically like any kind of um, trade school. You, you have a bunch of trainees and the general public pay a pittance to come in and, and, yeah. and be practiced on. But, yeah, that's where you got your practical training from. And then at the end of all of that, if you pass all your theory exams, you have a practical exam and and you've got to pass that competently before you can um, graduate. Okay. And then you're out. Then you're out. Yeah, with a scalpel in one hand and a drill in the other. Out of New Zealand as well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, out of New Zealand. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So what would be the most common conditions then that you would treat? Um, on a daily or weekly basis? Um, fungal nail, fungal toenails. Yeah, okay. Thick toenails or um, distorted toenails, um, uh, calluses and corns, plant fasciitis. That's always a fun one. <laughs> always yeah. a fun one. Um, yeah, that's, yeah that, that, that would be about okay. it. Uh, well, the most common things. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And what, um, if there is general foot care advice or things that everybody should be doing, I remember one you were talking about was when you're in the shower, make sure you wash your feet. Don't just let the water dribble down and think that they're clean. <laughs> have yeah. you changed your ways, Michael? I, I have always washed my feet oh, in the good, shower. Oh, good. That's something good. I've always done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So is there any particular things that you think people take for granted, don't do properly, um, that they should do? Like, well, what are your top foot care things to do? I guess number one is pay attention to your feet because everybody ignores them. Mm-hmm. They're just bung shoes on them and off they go. And if they get sore, they get annoyed. It's like, why are you being sore? Yeah. I've got to get somewhere today. How dare you get sore at me? 
So pay attention to your feet, but um, foot care would be uh, washing your feet. Nobody washes their feet properly. Should be 20 to 30 seconds on each, you know, spend yeah. a good, good amount of time, a minute in the shower washing your feet, both feet. Get your hands down there. It makes you more aware of your feet. You might find something on the bottom of your foot that you didn't know was there because you can't see it. So it's it's not just about keeping your feet clean but also being aware of how your feet are doing um, and then drying your feet because nobody ever dries yeah. their feet. They get out of the shower, it's a few scuffs on the bath mat and then into shoes and socks and away they go because everybody's just far too busy to sure. wash their and, and dry that's their feet. And that's how you get fungus, mm. yeah, and then that's, yeah, that's, that can be quite difficult to get rid of. Um, and then it's, you know, clean, clean socks. Surprisingly, not, there are people around who don't wear clean socks and, you know, it's just because they're not used to doing it. So clean socks every day. Sure, yeah. If your feet get sweaty, if your socks get sweaty during the day, change them during the day. Don't be worried about wearing two or three pairs of socks. Um... And don't wear your shoes for too long. Okay. If they start to wear out, don't hang on to them just because they're comfortable and you're worried that you won't find another good pair just like these again. Um, yeah. Right. Change your shoes. Change your shoes. How often would you recommend or what are the key signs that you're looking out for with your shoes? Any excessive wear patterns. Okay. Look at the bottom of your shoes and see if there's like the heels wearing out on yeah. one side or whatever. So in my case, it's the outside of the heel that starts to wear away. And that's what I know. And then that yeah. encourages you to turn out yeah. even more. And it exacerbates the issue then. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then also to get your shoes, if, if they're about, like you're looking at probably about, depending on how much you wear them, but it could be anywhere from sort of 8 to 12 months. Get them up onto a shelf or a bench or something and just have a look at them from the back. So you're just looking at the heel of the shoe. And what you're looking at is how the upper sort of bends. So you might notice that you roll in more on one side or roll out or whatever that might be. Have a look at the shoe and see if the upper is um, contorted one way or another. And if the shoe is really worn in one particular direction, your foot will can, has pushed it that way for starters, but it will be encouraged to keep doing that yeah. motion. There is no resistance from the shoe to stop you from doing that. So it just gets worse and worse, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then would that be a sign that somebody might need orthotics then? It might be time to see a podiatrist? Possibly. Shoe wear, excessive shoe wear is one of them that I look for. Yeah. Okay. Any other um, particular signs that people should look, look out for that they say, oh, it's time, I've got to go see a podiatrist? Um, do you know what? I would say that don't wait for a sign. I would say just go. Okay, yeah. So make it a regular thing. I mean, we do, we see a dentist twice a year for our teeth, well, we should. You know, eyes checked every two years. Um, there are all these things that we do on a regular basis for maintenance and prevention. Mm -hmm. Studies have shown that if you see a podiatrist regularly and if, um, you do look after your feet regularly, then you prevent a lot of um, permanent damage to the nails and the feet, the toes, okay. um, as well as you know injuries and that sort of thing. So I would say if there's absolutely nothing wrong with your feet, if the if you don't think there's anything wrong with your feet, still go to a yeah. podiatrist. You'll always learn something, and make it a a, a twice a year thing. 
Okay. Yeah, just for good foot health. Sure. Yeah. Sounds like a good idea. Prevention is always better than cure. Definitely. Yeah. You know that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We can't make assumptions about our health, you know, just because we feel okay. I get people coming in all the time and they'll have, you know, they'll say, oh, I feel okay today. And I start working the back. Oh my oh. God, my back is so sore. Exactly. I didn't know it was like that. So, well, you know, that's why you're here. So that you leave here, you don't feel a sore back again until the next time you come back. Exactly. Don't wait yeah. for an injury. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so much harder to pull you back from an injury and like a... You know, nail deformity, for example, you can prevent that from happening if you see a podiatrist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when somebody shows up, then there's nothing really wrong. Um, are they going to get a nice foot bath? Are they going to get a paraffin foot bath? Is that something else? That... Not on the reg. No. I don't do that for everybody. I okay. just for special people. Right. And those that request it. What's that for and what does it do? Paraffin? Yes. Paraffin wax is something that I've only recently come across. So that is, um, uh, I'm still learning the scope of use of paraffin wax. Okay. Initially, I got it to help um, my patients through the winter months, those that had problems with peripheral vascular um, issues. Because it is very warming, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It retains heat really well. And when you layer it up, it retains heat even better. And then because it's held at such a low temperature, it's gently warming your, your tissues. Yeah. Um, so for that, but then, you know, it's also good for um, really dry skin. So you can use it in summer as well when you have very dry heels uh, because it's quite oily. So um, it's really good for dry okay. skin, increases peripheral circulation again, so then you're getting sort of better turnover and, and uh, moisture retention in the skin. Um, but yeah, like I've, I'm getting people coming back saying, um, you know, their arthritic pain, it was helped with uh, the paraffin, um, not for long term, but you know. They got relief. They got relief yeah. with it. I've had people come in and say that it's helped with a neuropathic issue, so okay. um, some a little bit of numbness or tingling mm-hmm. or something like that that they've had. They've noticed that it hasn't happened since they've had the paraffin wax. So, yeah, it's um it's something that I'm I'm really uh, enjoying using because a it's incredibly pleasant for the patient, so it's not yeah. it's not scary at all to use, um, and also it just seems to have lots of lovely effects. Yeah. Okay. That sounds awesome. Yeah, you should come in and try it one day. Yeah, why haven't yeah. you? Why haven't I? Now that you're describing, I'm like, why haven't I done this? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I sometimes sit in there and do it to myself. I'm sure I, I would too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it sounds great. Um, okay, so tell me, how do people get in touch with you? What's the best ways? Well, we've got um, uh, internet. Yep. So you can search either my name, Rachel Waddington, or you can search my business name, which is Podco Podiatry. Podiatry around this area, we're in Avondale Heights, that's where okay. I practice from every day. What so is the web address? It's www.podcopodiatry.com. No AU. No AU. No You're global. AU. I'm global. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Um, so you can book online there. You can find out there's a lot of information on my website, so you can go on and, and have a look if you want to read about paraffin wax a little bit okay. more. You can. Um, I also do a blog, uh, which I haven't done for a little while because I've been very busy and haven't had time. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping to uh, once I get someone to come and give me a hand in the clinic to um, uh, to continue on with that because I quite enjoy getting the information out to people. Yeah. Um, 
and Facebook? Uh, not on Facebook yet. So that's one okay. of the things that once I, when I have the time, the I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to start time. with that. We have more time. Man, I know, I know. I've got a lot of time in clinic, just yeah. not a lot of time outside of sure. the clinic. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm finding that when you run a business, it's all very well and good to be busy, but. You've also got to work on the business. You do have to work on the business as well as in the business. Exactly. Um, Or, yeah, call the the clinic. Okay, Um, which is Northwestern Osteopathic Clinic and Podco Podiatry. Correct, at 93378737. Okay, and that is a Melbourne number, so 03 beforehand. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you're looking to make an appointment from Queensland, just bear in mind you'll have a long drive. Yeah, particularly. But Rachel's was worth it. Oh, totally. Yeah. That pair from my ex is worth it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for today. You're welcome. I learned a lot of the feet. Oh, good. Yeah. And I hope to see you next door for a pair from wax. Seriously, yeah, you should come here to go. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's gorgeous. Thank you so much, Rachel. You're welcome. Cheers. Thanks, have a good day. Michael. You too. So. That was Rachel Waddington of Podco Podiatry, and Rachel had some really great common sense advice about how to look after your feet, like taking the time to wash them for a start. Who would have thought of that? How many people just let the shower water fall on their feet and never take just that 30 seconds to give them a bit of TLC? Also, don't overlook the role of your feet in your knee, hip, or even your back pain. Your foot is the platform for the rest of your body, and if you have an issue there, eventually you're going to have issues elsewhere. And also, as Rachel said, make sure you're wearing the right footwear. Don't just buy shoes because they look good, but are actually squashing your toes into a space half their size. And as Rachel said, it's not just the girls in the high heels, but also the guys in the formal footwear that just isn't built for walking. Now, if you're in the local area and you want to get in touch with Rachel, you can find her at www.podcopodiatry.com and the local area being in around Avondale Heights, Essendon, Keylor, that kind of northwestern inner Melbourne area. You can also get Rachel by phone on 03-9337-8737 and by email on info at podcopodiatry.com. I'll say that again. Email is info at podcopodiatry.com. Now, if you're local to Doreen, I have one more free Shake and Awaken Trauma Release Exercise class coming up on Saturday the 19th of October at 3pm. The places are limited, so if you want to attend, get in touch with me at facebook.com forward slash solacewellbeing. Go to the events page and register your interest. Or you can go to solacewellbeing.com.au. And you click the book now button in the top right hand corner of the website on the main page and you can book your place in the shake and awaken class and as i say places are limited so please get in quick if you do want to come along you can find the podcast facebook page at facebook.com forward slash more than wellness podcast and please like share and follow on itunes spotify or whatever else you use to access your podcast and i would love to get your feedback and your comments. Thank you so much for that. Now, next week we have an awesome episode. My guest is Dr. Shemistra Barathaman. Shemistra is an integrative GP who has some amazingly simple but effective advice on how to improve your well-being by reducing your attachment to technology and just taking a little time for yourself. Like Rachel, Shami is a 
great communicator and is so passionate about what she does. And that's pretty evident during the interview. So please make sure you listen to that episode because it's a really great one. As always, thank you so much for listening and stay well. Mm-hmm.